Welcome to the Career Solutions Podcast. With more than 25 years' experience in career coaching via her own company, managing and leading teams in major corporations, host Marilyn Feldstein will share her experiences, tips, tools, resources, and success stories to inspire you to find the purpose and passion in your career. Welcome to the Career Solutions Podcast. Xander Kegg and I are excited to continue discussing taking care of your emotional wellness and how important this is when managing your career. My podcast is aired monthly, so please continue listening. Our goal is to focus on what you can do to take charge of your emotional wellness. What we will not do is provide therapy or counseling in these episodes. Today we'll cover feeling stuck in your position and burnout. So let's start by discussing what it means to feel stuck in your career. This is one of the most common complaints I hear from clients. I'd like for you to think about your answer to these questions as I ask them. Do you have a sinking feeling in the pit of your stomach on Sunday evening about going to work Monday morning? Do you feel stuck because you're not learning anything new? Do you feel stuck because there's no career growth and your manager isn't supportive? Do you feel stuck because you cannot imagine doing this work another day, another week, month, or year? Do you feel stuck because your values conflict with your managers and or the companies? Do you feel stuck because you haven't had a raise in a while and your salary isn't keeping up with inflation or with the salaries offered to new hires in your office? Do you feel stuck because you've applied for new positions, but you keep getting overlooked? And finally, do you feel stuck because your company is hiring someone to whom you'll now report and you'll have to train him or her? To add insult to injury, you believe you should be promoted into this position. If you answered yes to one or more of these questions, you may be suffering from feeling stuck and or burnout. I like to think of being stuck as you may know what you don't want, but not what you do want. This is a normal feeling and many experience it. So I want you to stop what you're doing. And if you have paper and pen available, write down what makes you feel stuck when thinking about the questions I just asked with an answer to each one that fits your situation. Xander, what would you like to add to feeling stuck? Well, I think one of the issues that comes up when we're feeling stuck is, okay, so, well, what do I do differently? Like, what, what are the, my options? And then that brings into the um, subject matter of choice, right? And so then people can feel very anxious about making the right choice or figuring out what the different options are that they choose from. And so that's one place where people can also get stuck then, right? So you might feel stuck in the job and then feel stuck in which choice to make, how to make the choice, and then worrying about, is it the right choice, right? There's so much that comes into play when we're thinking about making a choice. Absolutely. So that can cause anxiety when we're trying to decide, right? Right, because we're trying to decide, are we going to stay with our current job 
and try and find some way to connect into our better self at work, right? Or are we going to leave our work? Okay, well then, well, where are we going to go? And then are we just going to avoid the matter altogether, right? And so if we decide to stay, there's so many different things that we can do to improve our particular circumstances sometimes, right? Sometimes it's just inevitable that like we really need to leave, right? All the signs are there, but sometimes we're just dissatisfied. And it could be, like you said, it could be because of values. It could be because of who you're reporting to. There's a lot of different reasons why we might be dissatisfied, but we can always look to see, are there ways that we can improve our the climate in our workplace or our experience at work. Maybe we're getting too involved with people's business. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. And and as I had mentioned a few minutes ago, I think it's so powerful to write down how we're feeling. So maybe writing down your negative thoughts, um, thinking about as you go through the day, and, and I would highly recommend that when you write these down, don't leave them on your desk at work if you're at work. So, you know, have them at home. But so many times we, I, I like to say we have this information churning in our head, in our brains, and our stomach. It's causing a lot of anxiety. So writing it down, I know I've done that when I've been really stressed. You don't have to do anything with this information. It's your information. You can have it at home. And one day you can tear it up if you want. But getting it out of your system is helpful. Would you agree? Absolutely. There's actually a technique that I would highly recommend people look further into called scheduling worry time. Okay. Right? And so what you do is you decide which day or days each week you're going to worry. And then you decide um, for how long you're going to worry. And you decide um, where. Where are you going to do your worrying? And then outside of that time period, you write everything down, whether it's, you know, notes on your phone or on paper or whatever you're writing down, you know, wherever you're going to write things down. And then you decide, okay, so Thursday at 2 p.m. for 20 minutes, you know, in the living room, I'm going to worry about all the things. And you pull out your list of worries and you focus on them, right? And so you just, it's like compartmentalizing and you give yourself the freedom to worry when it's time to worry and not worry when it's not time to worry. It actually turns out to be very, very helpful. Yeah, that's a wonderful. Thank you. I love that technique because I haven't heard of that before, but it makes perfect sense. So I, I love combining that with what I had said about writing it down. So you can get, when you talk about emotional wellness, you get that out of your system. It's really helpful. And as Xander touched on, he said, thinking about that we may not have options. So I believe that one of the reasons we feel stuck is that we think we don't have options and we can't see beyond what we're doing or where we are. So that technique could be really helpful. So what can you do to get unstuck? As we said, write down your thoughts, but I also would add, write down why you're staying. So, so many times we just think our only choice is to jump ship, I need to leave. But there are reasons you're staying. So, figure those out because it might be the things that, I mean, you might be staying because you really do enjoy some of the things and maybe the things that you don't enjoy, you can address. Think about what would make you feel engaged, challenged, or valued and write that down. 
that would be, I think that would be really helpful in having a conversation with your boss, your manager about, I really want to let go of these things because they're not the best utilization of my skills or my talents. When I felt stuck in my career, I asked myself, what is one thing I can do right now to change that feeling? Can I take a class, attend a conference, a meeting or event to get motivated by other people who share the same interests? As I just said um, before that, having a conversation with your manager, so many times we avoid, we might be avoiding conflict, but many times we worry about things, and I know I've done this, and when I really addressed it, that I should not have wasted two or three days worrying about something because it went so much better than I had ever anticipated. And realize that you're not alone. Even though you may feel like you're stranded on an island, you're not alone. And take charge of your career. Start networking and let others know that you're considering your next career move. If you've been in your position five years or more, people may not think you'll leave. By taking a baby step to finding another position within or outside your organization, you will feel less stuck or trapped. Absolutely. You know, and the other thing when you think about, you know, ways that you can improve your situation, right? Taking the training or the class or talking to the boss. The other thing that people can check into is their wellness programs, right? So a lot of organizations, a lot of companies, a lot of businesses are incorporating wellness programs, especially emotional and mental wellness. A lot of them have had physical wellness, right? Like taking yoga classes, having people come in and do chair massage, so the idea is to check in with the person. Maybe it's somebody in, the, in HR that's over wellness and find out what kinds of programmings do they have? What kinds of services? What, kinds of, what kind of benefit do you have as far as wellness goes? Because that can help a lot, especially with the anxiety from having to figure out what you're going to do and then the burnout that you might be experiencing, all of the feelings that come with that, you know, the exhaustion and the disconnection and the unhappiness and feeling unproductive. That's exactly what the wellness programs are for. It's a great idea. And, and really, I mean, I would say find them and take advantage of them. They're a benefit for you. So make sure you are using that to the max. So now let's transition into what we mean by burnout. According to the World Health Organization, occupational burnout is a syndrome resulting from chronic work-related stress with symptoms characterized by feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion, increased mental distance from one's job, or feelings of negativism or cynicism related to one's job or professional efficacy. In other words, if you feel exhausted, disconnected from your work and hate your job, you may be experiencing burnout. So Xander, when you think of burnout and emotional wellness, what comes to mind? Well, there's there's a couple of different things. So first, there's there's a way burnout affects the individual, right? And in all those ways that you described, but it's like in in practical terms, how does it impact them in the workplace? Well, tardiness might be an issue. Um, taking a lot of extra days off, maybe even workers' comp right? Family Medical Leave Act, right? These are all things we can do, but are we using them in the way that is helpful for us, that's actually going to benefit us in the long run professionally? And so if we're tardy a lot, if we're, if we're being unproductive or we're, we're less productive than people expect of us, then our teammates are going to probably be a little upset with us 
and think that we're unreliable. And that's that's only going to make our feelings of being stuck in that place or burned out even more challenging. It's going to exacerbate them. Absolutely. So what happens is what you're what Sandra is talking about is our actions, our behaviors are being manifested because we're we're probably not addressing feeling stuck or burnout. And so it's sometimes I like to say we it's called I call it self-sabotage. We aren't even aware. We're not even we may not be aware of what we're doing. So I just don't want to go in so I'm showing up late. Well, that's going to impact your productivity and your attendance and now your performance. And you could be put on a performance plan. And it's going to, as Xander just said, it's going to impact your team. So it has this ripple effect that could really be detrimental. So it kind of goes back to what can you do to address it. So if that, if you notice you start seeing a pattern, I would say that's a good time to stop. Make yourself aware of what's going on and then start addressing it. Yeah, I'd say there's two primary ways that people deal with, you know, feeling burnt out, feeling stuck. And those would be short-term solutions and long-term solutions. So some short-term solutions would be what I call self-comfort. Getting a massage, taking a walk, binging your favorite Netflix show, having a glass of wine, right? All those things that make you feel calmer or more relaxed or just better, right? But they're short-term. They really are short-term. But the self-care behaviors, right, the habits that we can develop for self-care are going to be things like maybe seeing a mental health therapist that's going to help us um, challenge our negative thoughts or deal with our anxiety or getting a career coach to help us look at, well, what's next for me? What, what is in my future? Getting a personal trainer, right? Getting maybe more physically active because that's going to help release all kinds of happy hormones into the body and we're just going to feel better. And then also a mindfulness practice, right? Getting, um, doing some breathing exercises, some meditation, some yoga, uh, a kind of yoga that I really love to tell people about is laughter yoga because it turns out that when we laugh, we exercise our stomach muscles, we distribute blood throughout our entire body, and we release those happy endorphins, those happy chemicals into our brain. And so you start out with like a fake laugh, but eventually you're laughing and it's so good for you. And it, it feels ridiculous, but it's so good for you. You're absolutely right. And, and I would add to that on everything that Sandra just said is right on. And I would say find something that you can make into a routine so that something that becomes a habit that is yours, that you're not, you're not letting go of that because then when you are feeling stressed, so for, for example, exercise, um, exercise is a wonderful way, whatever that might be. I mean, it could be going to the gym. It could be as simple as walking, but it could be exercising in your house. So having that routine, you own that. And that makes you feel mentally and physically good every day. Absolutely. And I'll tell you, when I was doing, when I was a psychotherapist, it didn't matter what issues or problems people were bringing into the room. Every single one of them had issues with sleep. So when we talk about routine, Sleep should be part of our routine, right? The sleep-wake cycle is set by the time you wake up, not the time you go to sleep. We should be getting up at the same time every morning, and we should be exposing ourselves to a lot of natural light to get the uh, cortisol running through our body to give us energy for the day, and then we need to start dimming the lights later in the, in the day 
making the air that we that we're in in our home cooler starts the serotonin or excuse me the melatonin release to trigger to the body it's time to go to sleep sleep is the most important thing for so many people and um so if people are having difficulty sleeping i highly recommend they check out sleep hygiene tips online Yes, I know. We've talked about that in other podcasts, and it is such a. When we're, I mean, these are. What's interesting is these are things that we hear all the time. I mean, there's a lot of data out there to to support this. The key is you've got to find what works for you and make it part of your life, part of your routine, and and stick to it. So I know um, Xander talked about laughter. So I wanted to ask you. So what makes you? smile what makes you laugh what are the things that you do in your life i'd say the primary thing is i spend time with my wife that that always makes me feel the best that's that's my happy place right to be with my wife i also love taking walks especially i live in orlando in orlando we have so many lakes with these wild birds i mean birds i've never even seen in my whole life i just marvel at these birds and it makes me feel happy I also love to watch old episodes of Seinfeld. And, of course, my favorite movie is What About Bob? And the, the thing about What About Bob is, right, the psychiatrist gives him a prescription, and it says, take a vacation from your problems. That's just another way of saying we put off worrying to our worry time, right? It's like, take a vacation from your problems. I just love that. Yeah, that's great. Yes, and, and I can so relate to Xander that, um, I just brings a smile to my face when I think about my butterfly hummingbird garden that I've created and just gives me tremendous joy. And like Xander watching Seinfeld or Big Bang um, Theory or Young Sheldon and Everybody Loves Raymond. So when you, I mean, if you get this real good guttural laugh, I mean, you know that it's just, it just feels good. And we all know that. So find something, find those things that bring you enjoyment and make you laugh. Thank you so much, Xander. And if you're feeling stuck and or burned out, contact me and I will work with you to reinvent yourself or we'll do a career makeover that will take the stickiness out of feeling stuck. In today's episode, Xander Kegg and I explained what we meant by feeling stuck or burned out in your job or career. We asked some specific questions to get you thinking about why you may have these feelings and suggested tools and techniques for homing in on the reasons you have them. Finding ways to mitigate feeling stuck and burned out will provide career options that will enhance your emotional wellness. And we're not letting you off easy, as your homework is to think of all the options you have to eliminating feeling stuck and burnout and then select the best one you can act on today. It can be life-changing. Please join us next month when we'll discuss why it's important to set boundaries and how it can affect your emotional wellness. Please share my podcast with your friends and family. You can also hear me on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and other major podcast directories. Thank you for listening. <music>